reinvent your practice one hire at a time. Hello, welcome to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Alrighty, welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions. Now, this week we are doing, well, I am doing a solo episode. And the topic of conversation is reinventing your healthcare practice one hire at a time. Now, I got this idea because I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about reinventing a marketing firm one client at a time. And they mentioned it kind of in passing, like, oh, you probably do one on the same basic principle on hiring. And I'm in the middle or was in the middle at the t- when I recorded this one of doing just that at the practice that I run, Proactive Rehab and Wellness. And um, I just took the time to kind of write down some of my thoughts and my notes about hiring, firing, mentoring staff, and then really this idea of whenever somebody does leave the organization, whether it be because of voluntary means, maybe they're getting another job or they're starting school or, or whatever it happens to be, or if it's involuntary and you have to replace that individual because of lack of performance or God forbid, like ethical things, like what do you think or how should we think as practice owners, healthcare practice owners about the next hire? Um, So there were five main points that I was really thinking about in regards to hiring new people and bringing them on the team. And it involved uh, correcting hiring mistakes, Um, upgrading the position, giving people on your current team the opportunity for leadership or to develop leaders within the organization, Um, make sure there's a mission, vision, values fit, all of that kind of stuff. So thinking about it, you know, as, as I'm kind of walking through this or was walking through this at the time of this recording, there were some things that were entirely unavoidable insofar as the reasons for letting somebody go, right? Um, But there are sometimes as the leader that maybe the organization takes a different different strategic approach or maybe something expands or changes or you update a service offering or whatever the case may be. And there are some situations where because of the new direction of the business, of the practice, maybe some team members are no longer needed or their skill sets are now superfluous or redundant, or um, again, just not needed in the new direction. Obviously we want to handle those as empathetically as possible. And we need to be aware of the impacts of those decisions. So I think I said in this, when I was recording the, the original video in the podcast, like there are real financial implications for letting somebody go, right? (laughs) Obviously on the business end, but really that individual is now scrambling to find some way to, to generate revenue and income for their, to support their living expenses. So it's not something that should be done 
lightly. And it's not something that should be done really without the the other person or the other party realizing it. So one of the things I said in there is that, you know, it should not be a, a surprise to anybody that they're getting fired. <laughs> one of the uh, practice owners that I purchased Proactive from said, because it was very early on, you know, 2020, when I purchased this and I was, uh, I, I, I purchased the clinic with the understanding that there was a team member that was already kind of on the way out the door and it was one of those it was going to have to happen sooner or later. And, you know, I felt terrible about it. I've, I had fired people before, like through the VA and stuff like that, but that's like a big long process and there's a committee and it's at the end of the day, it's not really your decision. There's, you know, kind of bureaucratic steps and processes and procedures that went in place. It was very inhuman (laughs) the way it happened. Um, and then as a consultant, if it was like so-and-so needs to go or their role needs to change in the organization, that was never on me. I was never delivering that news to an individual. And I remember feeling pretty terrible about it. And uh, Janet, the practice owner, said, listen, you know, someone told me this a long time ago and I'm going to pass it on to you. Like, you don't fire anybody. People fire themselves. And you are, if you're managing appropriately, people fire themselves and you're just the one delivering the news. And it, ever since I heard, heard that, it's just been one of those things that I've thought about. I think that it is a, that puts the onus on the manager or the leader to be very clear and very explicit about expectations, about benchmarks for success, about what success and um, insufficient uh, performance look like, because it should never be a surprise to the individual that's getting replaced um, that they're actually getting let go. So um, this happened a a couple weeks ago at the practice where, again, someone else had to be replaced. And I was looking back over the documentation because former government employee, worked for the worked for the VA, worked in the university system for a while as a professor. Like you just document everything, right? So looking through the the documentation, I have four pages of documentation of okay, on this date, XYZ happened, this was discussed on this date, and these were the plans for improvement. On this date, XYZ happened, so and so said this, that, and the other, this is how we remedied it, or this was the plan we put in place to remedy it. And obviously four pages worth, it means that there were deficiencies that continued to happen even despite above and beyond the the coaching and support that was required, right? Um, so it may, just made me feel at ease. Now, obviously, being in the room and delivering that information is never fun. And maybe we'll do a whole podcast. Maybe we'll get somebody from HR, some kind of HR consultant on the show, specifically in healthcare, to talk about um, like having that firing conversation or that that difficult conversation, some of the ways to do it that's obviously legal, but you know, that, that is very empathetic because the same way I say this all the time to the team and to clients that I work with at at different organizations, like healthcare is very human, (laughs) obviously from the patient clinician perspective, but the people on the team are very, obviously it's a human experience as well. And there are relationships that get formed on the team and doing work together that need to be cared for as part of the culture of an organization or the management of the organization. Anyways, so these are just five thoughts that I have about um, about how we should go about in private practice, specifically private healthcare practice, about hiring individuals, whether those individuals um, are 
replacing somebody who was fired or replacing somebody who left on good terms, there's some things we need to think about as it pertains to adding members to the team and what we expect out of them. So without further ado, here's, uh, here's me talking about just musings on uh, reinventing your practice one hire at a time. Hey everybody, Rafi from Rehab You Practice Solutions and the host of the Better Outcomes Show. And today I wanna to talk with you about five things to think about when we're hiring employees or staff at our clinical practices. I'm calling it reinvent your practice one hire at a time. Let's dive right in. So recently at the practice, I had to replace a team member. That's never fun. <laughs> you always think about um, going through the process. You know, what could I have done better as a manager, as a leader? Um, what were what were some things that were simply just by nature of the organization and the way goals and, and maybe mission and vision have shifted that means that we need to change up team players and how do we communicate that in an effective way? And I just came back to thinking about, we had Dr. Mike Neal on the show several, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, the guy from Build Your Team, and he talked a lot about looking at, at a, a team member leaving for whatever reason, whether you're voluntary or you had to replace them, whatever reason, um, and looking at it as an opportunity to upgrade the position. And I do like that idea. So I'm gonna talk about that, but I'm thinking about five topics or five points about reinventing your practice one hire at a time. So let's dive right in. I'm just gonna lay out the five, uh, the five topics or the five things to think about, and then I'll kind of dive into each one. So number one is you can use the opportunity to uh, correct hiring mistakes. Number two is um, looking for more of a culture or mission vision fit. Number three would be the opportunity or using the opportunity to raise up leaders within the organization. And you can do that one of two ways and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, number four is again, upgrading the position. And then number five is just being a good leader or a good manager. So let's talk about that first one. Um, correcting hiring mistakes. I don't know about you, um, but they did not give me a, a business or a management class at all <laughs> going through clinical training. Um, they might've talked about supervision. They might've talked about some management aspects here and there in like a paragraph or maybe a guest lecture, but it was not something that was covered in great detail. Now, a lot of my work in consulting has put me in a position where I've had to be the one making some of those recommendations and, and making, um, helping my clients correct hiring mistakes. But um, the reality is nobody's perfect at hiring anybody. Um, even if you've been doing it for a while, you're gonna make a mistake. Or like I said at the beginning, maybe you hire somebody with a, an intention for them to do a certain job or to play a certain role on the team and then priorities change and shift and the business itself no longer requires the skill set that that individual has. Not that that's a hiring mistake, but sometimes we hire uh, individuals and team members thinking that we need a certain skill set and then realizing that we that we don't that we need a, a, an entirely different skill set or a, a, a different role on the team. In which case we need to take that opportunity to correct that mistake or to fill out the team, if you would, uh, for its full capacity, as opposed to trying to retrofit. Sometimes it can be done. A lot of times, though, 
it requires bringing in somebody else. Maybe this got a special or a different certification or like I said, a skill set that is required to do whatever the, the new position is. I remember someone saying years ago in a seminar that I sat in that the team that got you to where you're at now is not necessarily going to be the team that gets you to the next level. And this can be very true and they're difficult conversations to have. Now, obviously as a manager, as a leader, we'll talk about that more in number five, but as a manager and as a leader, it's your responsibility to do those changes of the team or to make those changes, one, as like humanly as possible. I mean, it's never fun to have to hire or lay off somebody or just be honest with them and say, listen, we no longer need your services or your skill set. Um, and maybe it is something, like I said, that you can mentor somebody through and that you can uh, coach them into becoming what you need to be. But in the event that it can't happen and you are aware of it, you need to be able to have those conversations and to make those decisions early on instead of dragging in out for a long time. So, um, and then there's the, the whole, we just came out of a very crazy time with COVID and people not working and then coming back into the job market and it was difficult to find people. Some, some of my clients are telling me it's still difficult to find certain, uh, certain people to play different roles on the team from benefits analysis or benefits verification to customer service to maybe like a marketing or lead, uh, lead generation role within the clinic or even clinical, um, clinical team members as well. It's difficult to hire and find good people to do, uh, to do what we need them to do in the clinic and to deliver the, the level of care that we need to deliver. Um, so sometimes, and I know I've done this, I did this early on at Proactive, I hired somebody very quickly because we needed a body. We needed somebody to treat patients. I'm not a, I'm not a physical therapist, but I own a physical therapy clinic. I'm an occupational therapist by trade. So when you know 80% of the, the referrals coming into the clinic are physical therapy and you're down a physical therapist, it's like all hands on deck trying to find somebody and you, you, know, find, you try to find somebody that's a good fit, but sometimes you're just stuck with, with what is available currently in the job market. And whenever that individual decides to move on or it's time for them to move on, you can look at that as an opportunity to correct that hiring mistake. Maybe you hired somebody, and again, I have done this, you hire somebody who in the back of your mind, you know is not a good fit for the organization, but they meet the qualifications, they can do the job, and they're there, <laughs> right? They're available. Um, that's not always the best hire decision to make. Sometimes you need to, again, because if not, you're, you're going under, you need to find somebody to, to treat your patients. Um, but then when it's time for them to move on, we look at correcting that mistake. What about that, organ that, that individual um, did not fit within the culture of the organization? And that kind of moves us into that, that second role or the second thing to think about is using a, a team member replacement, for lack of a better term, a team member replacement as an opportunity to hire for and to improve both the culture at the organization, but then also make sure that you're following that mission vision fit thing that we talked about earlier. Because again, maybe you had a clear vision for what the organization was gonna do, maybe, the, maybe even the business model or the strategy for the organization, and then something changes. Maybe you take it in a different direction. Maybe you remove a service offering. Maybe you add a service offering. And now you need somebody on the team that can fulfill a role. A perfect example here is um, a year and a half ago uh, at Proactive, the clinic that I run, we did not do pelvic floor physical therapy. 
because we did not have a pelvic floor physical therapist on the, on the team. Now we do, though. And we are looking for, as we begin growing and adding new team members to the clinical side of the team, this is one of those areas now that a year and a half ago was not even on the radar, was not something that we hired for, um, but it's becoming a, a core component of the business and of the clinic and the practice. So when we're hiring uh, maybe a, another PT or another PTA or something like that, we're looking for somebody who has that skill set that's been trained or maybe has completed some of the certification work or coursework to become certified in that area. And, and again, that's not, an, uh, that's not an issue of like a bad hire to begin with that we we're correcting the problem. It's really just the, the marketplace has shown us that there's a need or a demand for this service. We have somebody on the team that can fulfill this service. And now we're going to build that component or build the ability or capacity to do that with new hires. Not that we're going to run out and overhire, but in the event that we do hire somebody else, we're going to be looking for somebody that can fill in that role, right? Um, another piece of this, uh, thinking about like mission, vision, values, is somebody that really wants to do what your organization is set up to do, right? And a good example here is maybe you, and I've used this one in the past, I've, I had a client years ago who had an outpatient shoulder-to-hand clinic. That's how they were marketing it, both to prospective clients and referral sources, as well as to prospective staff members. We treat everything from the neck to the fingertips. We're the go-to clinic for um, shoulder-to-hand therapy. And then all of a sudden, they started getting some referrals for pediatrics. Maybe it was developmental. I think some of the stuff was uh, like preschool screenings and sensory integration work and stuff like that. That's kind of outside of the realm of outpatient upper extremity ortho. And she tried building this into her, um, kind of dipping her feet into it and kind of committing some resources and some staff to it. Well, the problem was that her staff and her employees were hired on or joined the team with this idea of what the mission and the vision and the values of that organization were. And they did not include helping, you know, a three-year-old or a four-year-old develop uh, appropriate sensory motor uh, function, right? They were they were really focused on becoming certified hand therapists and working with post-surgical patients. So she found herself in a situation where um, the the mission, vision, values fit wasn't a match. And you know, ultimately, she ended up changing course of the business, uh, just cutting out that that pediatric realm and then a lot of that went away but it, if she had decided to build that in as a core component of her business she would have had to go out and find people that resonated with that mission the vision the values the work itself right um another thing that's interesting here and another thing that anytime a, an individual or a team member leaves and you're looking at replacing them it provides an opportunity to build up or raise up leaders within the organization so maybe it is somebody leaves for personal reasons they have or they take another job or they we've had people retire recently um, maybe you have an uh, an open slot on your team and you're looking to hire to fill it um, one of the things you can think about doing with the long-term vision for your clinic and your practice is who on my team can i mentor or walk through the hiring process so that they are then in a position next time we have a hire to kind of take take lead on it, right? And maybe you have somebody on your team already that's kind of involved in some of the hiring decisions and maybe they're involved in some of the uh, 
the writing of the job descriptions or interviewing candidates or kind of sifting through resumes, whatever the, the deal is, you can use the opportunity of bringing on a new team member to co coach and mentor one of your uh, future leaders in the organization, if you would, to kind of walk through and build that competency so that one, as things grow and as things expand, it's not reliant on you as the practice owner. A lot of my clients are um, like owner operators. They're physical or occupational therapists that are running their own private practice. And the buck does start with, stop with them a lot of times. Um, but as you grow, as you scale, you need to build in systems for not being the, the linchpin of the, of the organization, right? You want to make sure that the, the thing operates without you. So this is where you can use it as an opportunity to coach and to mentor um, new team members or maybe young leaders in your organization and kind of bring them up so that they feel confident, they develop the competencies for hiring and recruiting and leading within the organization. And then walking somebody through that process also gives you an opportunity to document what's going on, right? You want a system uh, that helps a new leader, a new manager in your organization walk through, this is what we look for in people that we hire for XYZ position. These are some of the competencies that are required. These are some of the, the background skills that we're looking for. This is what the mission and the vision and the values of the organization are. So we want to find somebody that resonates with this. And this could be something, I mean, you can get as granular as coming up with like an interview script. And I've done this at Proactive. I've got a folder on our shared drive. Everything runs out of a shared drive, right? And it's HR manual, basically. And it goes everything from job descriptions and job posting, the process for doing that, all the way through to, okay, how do we decide that it's time to hire somebody or to bring on a new team member? Um, obviously, there's a whole folder in there for how do we decide if it's time to replace a team member. But once the team member is, is going to be hired, we're going to hire somebody, what are the steps that are required, like the very basics? Like these, this is who needs to be involved in the decision. This is how we need to onboard the, we need, we need to sift through the candidates, we need to um, reach out to those that we want to interview, this is what we say during an interview, this is the structure, so we're big fans of like a phone interview first, maybe a video interview if they're not local, or an on-site um, interview with the team, this is how those interviews are structured, these are the questions we ask, the order we ask them, um, this is the information we're trying to pick up in that first uh, pre-on-site interview, phone interview, and then this is the information that we're trying to get when they're here in the clinic. Um, and then, you know, what's the process for extending the offer? What's obviously the forms, the templates, the offer letter, all of that. How do we input them in, um, in our HR system? All of that. And we did that basically over the course of just hiring a couple people over the last couple years. And every time we would hire somebody, it was an opportunity to look at the process look at the procedure, add in the, fill in the holes or the gaps so that if I do get hit by a bus, somebody down there uh, in the downstairs, <laughs> my, uh, my studio is in the upstairs of the, of the clinic, so somebody downstairs can go through hiring a replacement and kind of uh, bringing on new team members and all that kind of stuff in the event that maybe I'm out for a month or something like that, right? Um, the other... The other thing, and this kind of falls in with that, raising up leaders, upgrading the position, kind of redefining what the position is going to be or should be. Because again, maybe you have like an admin, an office admin that was doing a lot of eligibility and benefits authorization and stuff like that. And now you've brought on 
if you've been following the the podcast at all, you brought on a virtual assistant, uh, maybe an overseas virtual assistant who's doing all of that admin work. And now you, instead of having somebody that's really good and really focused at, on making sure the client or the patient has benefits that are good and what you need to do to get paid and all that kind of stuff. Now you need somebody to be able to explain that to the patient or maybe to call the patient to schedule them or to walk them through a financial or a good faith estimate um, or financial responsibilities form or something like that. And that is a different skill set than somebody who can verify the benefits, right? Um, Or maybe it frees up. Maybe now that you've you've used this virtual assistant and they're doing a lot of the benefits authorizations, maybe that frees up one of your admin roles now to not be so much involved in the uh, day-to-day benefits verification, but then kind of move into more of a, a lead generation or marketing role, where now instead of spending a lot of their time making sure a patient can be seen because of their insurance, they're getting patients on the schedule because you've got a, a funnel that's pumping out leads every day and now you've got somebody that's got some time to do that, right? Um, either way works. There's there's positives and negatives of, of both, but uh, you you get my you get my drift. That it's an opportunity to really look at the position itself and say, what was this individual doing that we one no longer need, or that two we would like them to have been able to do that they weren't doing just because either there wasn't other time there wasn't enough time, or they were doing um, different tasks that we no longer need done. And then the final piece of this, this whole thing, is just being a good leader. Um, as difficult as it is, the reality of leadership is that the buck does stop with you. And if you have a team member on your team that is not a good fit culturally or is not performing adequately and you've taken the steps to try to counsel, to try to mentor, to try to coach them through whatever the difficulty or the challenge is, and they're still not getting it, or they're still falling short, or they're still failing to perform at the level required for the organization, you would be a bad leader if you kept them. And you need to have difficult conversations with people, (laughs) hopefully before you get to that fact, because my contention is no one should ever be surprised that they're being fired. Um, Sometimes people are surprised because regardless of how many times and how black and white you are, some people just simply don't see it as a real possibility until it happens. Maybe the, uh, my wife calls them blue skyers. They always see the world in rosy, rosy sun, sunglasses until finally it's not, right? <laughs> finally till the lights go out. Um, so some people just don't get it. Um, but for the most part, you should do everything you can up to and, and leading up to the point where the decision has to be made that, okay, you can no longer be on this team you need to do everything you can up to that point to make sure and to avoid that from happening. Because the reality is, and I feel this all the time as somebody that's a consultant that comes in and and helps organizations with this type of thing, but then also being a a team, um, the team leader here at the clinic that I run, like there are, there are real consequences for the decisions that get made by management, right? There are decisions that are impacting a team member's ability to provide for their family or to bring in, Um, financial resources to their family, um, their job, their career trajectory. Part of being a good leader, obviously we want, we focus on and we we really like the the good stuff, like mentoring somebody and giving them the skills and kind of acting as the stepping stone for them to to grow and expand their career and their skills and um, hopefully within the organization and be able to provide and contribute at a higher level to the organization than they have been in the past because they're building skills and you're mentoring and you're coaching them. However, 
Um, the opposite is also true. And you don't want to be responsible for somebody that's detracting from the work, that's acting as, as a boat anchor, if you would, um, and holding the team back because of what you are failing to to do or to be willing to do, which is either have a difficult conversation or ultimately swap, you know, let a team member go and, and replace them. Um, I think I've quoted this podcast a lot, Bob, uh, the two Bob's podcasts, so Blair Ends and David C. Baker, they talk a lot about difficult conversations and Blair Ends talks a, a, about difficult conversations within the sales cycle, like not backing down from um, from pushing back on, on clients and, and that sort of thing. Like part of being a leader or an expert is the ability to push back and say, you know, X, Y, Z is not how we typically do it or um, are you sure you want to do whatever it is. The same thing is very much true in, in leadership and management within the organization. Like you, I, I tell my wife all the time, like I feel like my job more than anything is to one, make sure the team has the resources that they need to do their job and then to be the one that has the difficult conversations. <laughs> like my job is to have those conversations around performance, around expectations, around um, the ability or lack thereof to continue to keep somebody on the team. And, you know, those are difficult conversations to have and they're not fun. I remember the first time I had to fire somebody, I was like up all night <laughs> the night before, like with knots in my stomach. But it was one of those decisions that as soon as it was made, as soon as the decision was made and the deed was done, there was almost like a, a sigh of relief in the office from this individual that was no longer supposed to be there. This was back when I was at an organization um, that was, I was an employee somewhere, I was just a, a clinic lead. And what that demonstrated to me was that I waited too long or it took too long to replace this teammate, that this, this person was not a good cultural fit. They were doing damage to the organization and my lack of desire or my fear of conflict or whatever it was that kept me from having those difficult conversations and ultimately the difficult conversation of firing and letting this person go really strained the team. And that is my failure as a, as a manager that was coming up, like a, a young leader, that was my failure. Um, I put my team through something that they didn't need to go through because I was unwilling to have a difficult conversation. So part of this, again, now that we're thinking about like reinventing your practice one team member at a time, part of the process then should be that whole adage, like be slow to hire and quick to fire. If somebody is not a good fit, you don't need to drag it on for a year. You work on, obviously you're not just firing people because they showed up late or whatever, whatever the deal is, but you, sh you lay out clear expectations early. When somebody fails to meet those expectations, you have a conversation with them, you counsel them if you would, you coach them, mentor them, how, whatever, provide whatever resources they need so that they can meet those expectations. And if they're not meeting those expectations in a clearly defined time period, then you elevate it, right? I am not one of those people. I worked for the VA, I've been through the bureaucratic mess, and my instinct is to be very loosey-goosey on stuff. And um, again, Blair Enns mentioned this in one of his recent podcasts, like, when was the last time you fired somebody or that a teammate moved on? And you can tell if it's been a very long time that it's a, he called it a tolerant culture, which sounds good on the, on the surface. Like, oh, we're tolerant of everybody, yada, yada, yada. But if you tolerate poor performance or bad behavior or whatever it is, um, that's not good. <laughs> it's the opposite of good. Um, so when you're hiring somebody, when we bring somebody on, 
part of that reinventing the culture or reinventing the practice is with every new person that we bring on, we should be looking at providing more clear, more defined expectations, benchmarks for success, and then a system in place for what happens if you fail to meet those benchmarks or expectations. And that in and of itself will, will improve the culture. Um, you'll be able to quickly and efficiently correct those hiring mistakes. If it is a hiring mistake, a true hiring mistake that the person just needs to move on, it's very difficult to do it if it's just loosey-goosey. Like my personality would be like, oh, we'll kind of figure this out here. No, like we need to be very clear about these are the expectations. You did not meet X, Y, Z. This is the plan for you to meet it in you know 30 days, 60 days, whatever it is. And if not, we escalate it to this level and then ultimately you get terminated. No one ever wants to do it because you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to feel like a jerk. And the reality is you're not a jerk. You're providing clear expectations. And as somebody who has been both on the receiving end of poor management and on the receiving end of, of really positive and great management where expectations were clearly laid out, I would much rather have day one on the job, my supervisor, my boss say, hey, Rafi, these are the expectations that I am expecting from you <laughs> in the next 30 days. You're going to do X, Y, Z well. You're going to do whatever the expectations are. And if not, then we're going to have a conversation about how we get back on track as opposed to, oh, we'll figure it out as we go. Because ultimately what ends up happening is because there are no clear expectations laid out at the forefront, more often than not, when you fail to have those difficult conversations, you're kind of like canning, you're bottling it all in. And sooner or later, it's like a tiny little infraction and then a year and a half's worth of failed, you know, mismatched expectations or failed goals or whatever it is just come bubbling up at the surface and it becomes an ugly scene, right? You fire somebody for something that probably shouldn't have been fired for, but because it's been a year and a half of not having difficult conversations. So we have difficult conversations early and often so that we don't have to have difficult conversations later. Anyways, um, those are my thoughts, very quick thoughts on uh, reinventing your practice one hire at a time and some of the things to keep in mind as we do it. So again, it's we, we can use it as an opportunity to correct hiring mistakes. Um, we can use it as an opportunity to build the culture and the mission and the values of the organization and then mission fit of the team members. So maybe we're swapping in somebody with, with new and different skills that we now need given a new service offering or a new air, way of doing business. Um, it's an opportunity to, one, raise up leaders within the organization and then provide the roadmap for them through policies and procedures and, and all of that through systems. Um, it's a, it's a, the ability to up or the opportunity to upgrade the position. Again, maybe it's different skills, maybe it's better skills, maybe it's more efficiency, whatever it happens to be, but upgrade that position. What was this individual not doing that we wish they could do? And then let's hire somebody that can do that. Um, and then the final point is just being a good leader all around from managing the the whole firing or replacement process in a way that is caring and empathetic and in a way that is you know deserving of, of the dignity of, of that person giving their time and their energy into your organization. Um, you want to respect that decision by providing good leadership, even if it includes firing and terminating. Um, and then being a good leader as we're bringing on new team members and using every new onboarding as an opportunity to become an organization that lays out clear expectations, um, defines uh, what is uh, expected of employees and, and performance of team members and all of that. So 
Um, if you like the show, head on over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. Helps people find the show. Also, we've got, and I'll link to it in the show notes, um, we've just started, uh, Matthew Curtis started a, a, a platform called Ask Answer. So you can go over to askanswer.co. You can look for, I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's rafisalazar.askanswer.co. Um, shoot me a short question, anything about maybe this episode or humanizing healthcare or the book, Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare. Um, or, you know, practice management in general, and I'll be able to answer you in another video and, you know, maybe we'll have a little bit of, of back and forth there. Um, and if you are a practice owner uh, or manager and you're looking for a system to kind of attract, I call it attract, engage, or attract, inquire, engage, and retain more patients, um, head on over to betteroutcomesmedia.com or rehabupracticesolutions.com and see what we can do for you. All right. Till the next time, be safe, be healthy. I'll talk to you then. All righty. Well, hopefully some of my musings around hiring and bringing people on board your team is helpful and provides a little bit of maybe even if it's just a starting point or something to think about. It's funny as somebody who myself is a clinician turned business side of things um, in the consulting and the marketing and now the practice ownership and management that I do, it's funny to think back in how little training I actually received in school about management, about human uh, human resources, like not so much the technical side of things, like the, the laws of human resources, but like what makes an effective leader. Um, things like expectations, having those difficult discussions, all of those kinds of things are kind of breezed over in a lot of our schooling, right? Sometimes you get a, a maybe a semester if you're lucky. Oftentimes though, it's a guest lecture or a presentation here or there about whatever setting and what it takes to be a manager in that setting. But clinicians don't receive a lot of training in school to be effective business owners and managers, which means that they're kind of figuring out as they go, especially in, in small private practice or independent private practice. Sometimes, like when I was at the Department of Veterans Affairs and they were pulling us, you know, some of us through the, the leadership development program, they put us through courses on, you know, crucial conversations, on um, radical candor was another book that, that we had to read. I know I've mentioned the book Managing Right for the First Time by David C. Baker. That's something I read on my own. But it's a great, uh, a great example of uh, kind of the, the ins and outs of managing people. One of the things that um, he says that David C. Baker says in that book, and I think he said it in, in other books too, maybe The Business of Expertise, which I've quoted on this show as well, is that at the end of the day, when all is said and done, and not really at the end of the day, at the end of your career, after 20, 30, 40 years in some cases, as a clinician or as a practice owner or manager, after that time, the clients or the patients that you work with may remember your name. They may remember how you made them feel after they were in your clinic or received services from your, your practice. They might remember a little bit about what you did, you know, especially if you were like a, a specialist or something like that, or a, a surgeon, like they're going to remember you did surgery. Um, but that's about it. The people that are really going to be impacted by the work that you do and what you uh, accomplish or fail to accomplish in regards to working with them 
are the people on your team, the people that come in every day and spend eight, nine, 10 hours a day in the clinic with you, in the organization, helping to advance the, the vision, the mission, the values of the practice that you have established or that you run or manage. And that, when you think about it like that, it has been one of those things that has really changed the way that I approach leadership and management, both of the practice that I run, but then also at the organizations that I consult with or work with, whether it be a marketing or a business development engagement or an actual healthcare consulting engagement where we're establishing a new program or developing some sort of new service offering or improving processes. I always think about it now, not so much as the work that I'm going to be doing with this client, but really the relationship that is going to be formed and how that work that we do is going to impact the individual relationships of those team members, even after I'm gone. And hopefully, if there's one thing I can get across to clients of mine when I'm doing a project on, let's say we, they want to improve some of their, their business development and their lead generation, like maybe one of the things that, that comes out of that is, <laughs> hopefully, the thing that comes out of that is that they get more patients in the door, right? They're getting... Um, they got a system in place for, for their ads, for their leads follow-up, for the, you know, filling the funnel and the pipeline and all that great stuff. And their business metrics are doing great and wonderful. Hopefully, one of the impacts, though, that I can have on the leadership of that organization is really to begin viewing the people on their team in this way of it's more than just a transactional endeavor or relationship like the impact that they are going to have on these people that we're training or that we're putting in place to put this marketing flywheel in place is going to be much more impactful than the, than the patients we're actually bringing in the door to them right like the people on your team are going to have a great or you're going to have a greater impact on them than on the patients that walk through your clinic and it's always important especially when we're thinking about what we want in a team member that we're hiring, if we have an open availability in positions or if we're expanding and looking for to add more people to the team, like what we want out of those individuals. Because if you think about it like that, that it's not just uh, hiring somebody to fill a position, but it's one that's going to be hopefully a longer term relationship where you have a good impact on their career, on their career trajectory, on their career goals even maybe. Um, but also that they're advancing the mission of the organization, it makes it a much more, you, you know, like I said in the, in the original podcast, like it, it makes it one of those things where you want to be slow to hire and quick to fire because the entire, the entire relationship is different. It's no longer this transaction, I'm paying you to do this job, you need to do this job. It's really, I'm looking for somebody that's going to impact the organization and the strategic goals, yes, but then I'm also looking for somebody that is going to be a good fit culturally and who at the end of our career or our, our time working together, it will be one of those things where we've each had a positive experience or a positive impact in each other's you know, career trajectory or life or anything like that. So um, all the touchy-feely stuff, <laughs> you can never get away from it, especially in management. Um, Anyways, that's that's all I've got so far. Um, if you like the show, head on over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. It helps people find the show. I think we're up to like 35 or 40 ratings, so go and be another one. <laughs> leave us a comment too, I like reading them. 
And uh, if you want to learn more about the show, head on over to www.betteroutcomes.show. And on there, you can subscribe. You can see, you know, all the places where where the podcast is and download it on your favorite app or whatever. Um, you can sign up for our mailing list where we will send out show notes whenever we drop new episodes. And there's a new feature that I'm trying to uh, trying to push out there a little bit. So a friend of mine, Matthew Curtis, has developed a tool called Ask Answer. And the tool itself is a platform that allows you to use your mobile device to shoot me over a quick question um, via video. It doesn't need to be super long, super in-depth. Um, just like, hey, Rafi, tell us one interesting thing about writing the book, Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare. Shameless plug for the book there. Um, and then it notifies me and I can respond to you in real time or whenever I get around to checking the notifications. <laughs> um, but I get to respond to you in video. And then it kind of logs them all in a bank. So. Um, if you want to do that, head on over to betteroutcomes.show and there's a link there for the ask answer page and uh, click that. It, right now it's mobile only, so use your cell phone and or your iPad or something like that and shoot me a question. I'd love to interact with you all that way as well. All right, folks, until the next time, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www.RehabYouPracticeSolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.